Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen, amen. Well, I want to welcome you to week number three of our 40 Days of Prayer series. Uh, I'm going to try to hasten along here. I got a lot of notes today. In week number one, uh, I gave you a message called a 2020 vision to grow. Last week's message was a beginner's guide to prayer. And I do want to tell you, you do not want to miss next week. We've got a special treat in store for you. Robin Thompson is going to be speaking next week on our fourth message in our series on prayer. And I'm going to tell you right now, I can't think of anybody more qualified to speak on this subject than my wife. Amen. So you're going to end for a special treat. Our text today comes from Romans chapter 12, which by the way, if you've never read Romans chapter 12, sit down and take some time to read it. It is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. I could preach for months just from that one chapter. In the middle of Romans 12, there's several verses on how we as believers are to display our love to others. And there's one verse here I want to use today, Romans 12 and verse 12. And it says, rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. Now I want to read that same verse again from the NIV. It says this, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Amen. Now I want to teach today. I'm really, just to be honest, I'm going to be doing way more teaching than preaching today. Uh, And here's my subject, faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Amen. Now, God can communicate with us in many ways, and we talked about some of those ways last week, but as I stated last week, the primary way that we get to communicate to the Lord is through prayer. That's why we want to establish daily a prayer life. Now, you need some time set alone to be alone with God and to get to know Him through prayer and through His Word. Now, I'm going to go through a lot of stuff today. If, you, if you're not able to keep up with the notes, just go to the sermon app tomorrow. The notes will be on there. But real quickly, let me just share. There's four reasons why prayer needs to be a top priority in your schedule. Number one, we were created to have fellowship with God. We were created for that. The Bible says in Genesis 1 and 27, so God created man in his own image. There was no other part of creation that was given the privilege that you and I as human beings were given. We can have fellowship, dialogue, and communication with our Creator. No other part of creation has that privilege. It is what we were created for. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. That verse tells us a whole lot about what God wants in our relationship with Him. He says, I'm knocking at the door, and if you'll just let me come in, we can have a meal together. We can be friends. That's the kind of relationship that God wants with us. That's why we were created. Another reason why prayer needs to be a priority, number two, Jesus died in order to make this relationship possible. He did. 
When Adam and Eve sinned, the fellowship that God created with us was broken. We've been talking about that in our freedom group. It took God coming in the form of the flesh of Jesus to restore that fellowship. Jesus died in order to restore the relationship that was broken by sin. Here's another reason prayer needs to be a priority. Every person who has been effective for God developed the habit of prayer. Amen. All throughout the Bible, we're given stories uh, of people like David and Abraham and Mary, great men and women of God. Every one of them spent time alone with the Lord, and they were effective in their service to God for that very reason. And then number four, a reason why you need to have time with God, you cannot be a healthy, growing Christian without doing it. You can't. It can't be done. It is a necessity. You will never be used greatly by God, and you're always going to be weak and sickly spiritually if you never have time to talk with God. Jesus said in Matthew 4 uh, 4 and verse 4, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that God speaks. Physical food is not enough for you to be healthy. Amen? You've got to have spiritual food. We've got to have spiritual intake of the Word of God. In Job 23 and 12 it says, and Job said this, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So here's what I want to ask you. What happens if you go a long time physically without any food? You get sick. You get weak. You starve, somebody said. And you will eventually die. Food is a necessity. The same goes with our spiritual food. We've got to have intake of the Word of God, and it will help keep you healthy and strong. So our time with God is a time of not only being connected with God, but it's also time of spiritual cleansing. Now, if you don't have alone time with God, you're missing out on the privilege that you were created for. So let's talk about some of the purposes of a daily time with God. Number one, we want to give devotion to God. Everybody say devotion. Psalm 90, uh, 29 and verse 2 says, Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. See, the first purpose of prayer is for me to honor the Lord, to give Him glory, to worship the Lord, not just to get from Him. Amen? There's a song we've been singing recently, and I love it. It says, I'm not here for blessings, Jesus. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. It's not a time just where I start out and say, God, here's all my list. It's a time where I start out by giving devotion to the Lord. Lord, I love you. I give you my life. I belong to you. I want to thank you for all that you've ever done for me. I worship you. And when you come to the Lord, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon or, or whenever it is, give your devotion to God first. Tell Him that you love Him. Revelation 4.11 tells us He alone is worthy. Amen. He alone is worthy. There is no one else worthy of our complete devotion except for God. John 4 and 23 says that God is not only worthy of it, He desires it. He seeks after worshipers. You know, it's kind of like being married. I hope that your husband and wife knows, your husband or your wife knows that you love them. You've stuck with them all these years. But isn't it nice every once in a while for them to say it? (laughs) You know. I mean, I think Jesus probably knows that all of us who say we're believers love him, but I think he enjoys hearing it every so often. So, number one, we want to give God our devotion. Number two, another reason we pray is to get direction from God. 
to get direction from God. Psalm 95, uh, 25 and verse 4, I don't know why I'm stuck in the 90s here. Psalm 25 and verse 4 says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. What a good prayer. A purpose of prayer, get direction from God. When you come to the Lord, after you've told Him that you love Him, start asking Him, God, what is your plan for my day? What is your plan for my week, for my life? See, you might be going, well, I already know what my plan is. i got to go to work. I'm going to get off work. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat supper. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to go to bed. That's my plan. No, 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 you're missing the point. That's your work. But what's God's plan? God might have somebody in store for you to talk to. God might have something for you to do. So ask him, God, what is my direction for this day? What direction do I need to be headed in? What goals do I need to be reaching toward? The third reason we need to pray is we gain delight in God when we pray. Psalm 16 and 11 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. You know the source of our joy is found when we're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I just want to challenge you. If you're not experiencing very much joy in your life, why don't you stop and just ask yourself, how much time am I spending in His presence? This isn't an indictment. It's a legitimate question. If you have no joy, how much time are you spending in His presence? See, the fact is, the better you get to know the Lord, the more you love Him. And the objective of your time with Him is not just to study about Him, but to actually spend time with Him, to gain delight, to gain joy in His presence. And then the fourth thing I want to say is, the reason we need to pray, is we want to grow daily to be like God. See, God's purpose for your life and my life is not just to have a relationship with Him, but He wants us to help Him, help us become more like Him. And when you spend a daily time with the Lord, you're going to become more like Him and you're going to become more conformed to His image because why? We become like the people we spend time with. Birds of a feather flock together. Show me your friends and I'll show you a lot about who you are. Amen? We become like those we spend time with. Why is it sometimes such a challenge, though, to be faithful to prayer? We all know we need to pray, right? We all know there's a lot of benefits to it. But why is it so hard sometimes to be faithful to prayer? Well, first of all, we're humans. <laughs> and, and we encounter a lot of obstacles in every area of our life, including prayer. And prayer is no different. There are obstacles that crop up in your prayer life. What are some of the obstacles that you need to overcome? Well, here's one. How about the obstacle of discipline? You know what I call it? The battle of the blankets. A guy one time tried to offer an excuse to God for not praying. He said, Lord, he said, I'm really sorry. I wanted to meet with you this morning, but something came up. God said, yeah, I know. I saw it. It's called a sheet. <laughs> something came up, Lord. You know, it's, it's tough sometimes, isn't it? It's a discipline. Your first problem in establishing a time to meet with the Lord is usually when you first wake up in the morning. Am I going to get out of bed? Am I going to get out of bed 15 minutes earlier or am I just going to stay here? You know, not to mention the fact that the devil will always exaggerate how tired you are, won't he? <laughs> I mean, he's famous for that. When the devil and your flesh, though, team up against you, you've got a combo that's tough to overcome. Now, let me share this little neat story with you. I don't know if this will work for you or not. 
And I've only tried it a couple times in my life. And I can honestly say I don't know if it helped or not. But my grandpa used to swear by what I'm about to tell you. And some of you might have even heard him tell this story. My grandfather was always busy, always helping people. He was a pastor. He also worked another full-time job. He had a, like a graveyard shift that he worked. And they had church on Sunday nights. And when I was a little boy, I remember sometimes when I would uh, get to spend the night. And when they had church on Sunday nights, I mean, sometimes they stayed late. I mean, it wasn't no 90 minutes and you were out the door. It was 90 minutes sometime before they ever even got up there to preach. Amen. And this was after you already had church on Sunday morning. I mean, laying under that pew. I mean, it was just like, you know, is this ever going to end when you were a child? I remember getting home really late. I remember sleeping under the pew. I remember sleeping in the car. But I remember some nights on Sunday nights during the summer, I would get to go home and spend the night with my grandparents. And now as a pastor, I understand my grandfather was exhausted. But I remember one night, and I don't know why I remember this. I remember so clearly was getting ready to go to bed, and I heard my grandpa say this prayer. And later on in life, he told me he did it often. Here's what he said. Lord, you know I, I'm paraphrasing, but here's what he said. Lord, you know I'm tired. You know I've worked for you hard today to the best of my ability, and I'm only going to get three hours of sleep tonight. I want you to turn this three hours into eight hours as far as my body is concerned. And when I wake up, I want to feel like I had eight hours sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, my grandpa swore that every time he woke up after that prayer, he felt like he had an eight, nine, ten-hour night of, of sleep. And I'm going to say this about my grandpa. I never saw him act tired. I rarely saw him grouchy. And I lived with him for three years. So here's the question. What are the obstacles that stand in the way of your faithfulness and carving out some time with the Lord. Now I told you this was going to be real practical today because I found out sometimes we just don't need esoteric theories. We need somebody to tell us how to do this, right? So maybe here's some practical things you can do that will help. Are you ready? This is going to be revelation. You've never heard this before. Here it is, number one. Go to bed on time. <laughs> you want to have a prayer life? Here's one piece of advice that will change your life. Go to bed. I have found that the battle is usually won by how much sleep. Now, when I was in my 20s, Robin can vouch for this, I only needed about four and a half or five hours of sleep a night. That's all I needed. In my 30s, I needed five hours of sleep. In my 40s, I needed five and a half. Now, at this stage of my life, I need about six hours of sleep a night, and I'm good. Maybe six and a half. So, but everybody's clock is different. So here's what, you know, that what, I don't know what the name of that mattress is that they say you need to know your sleep number. <laughs> Find out what your sleep number is. Do you need eight hours, six hours, seven hours? What do you need? Just go to bed a little bit earlier if you want to have time for prayer. Also, be aware of the time robbers. What are time robbers in prayer? Reading till late, watching TV all night. Prayer thieves have names. You know what they are? Netflix, Facebook. Instagram, Sports Center, <laughs> amen. They have names. Be aware of those thieves. Get out of bed. How many of you have ever tried to pray in bed? And how many of those same people have woke up with a Bible on your chest, amen? Pool of drool sitting next to you, amen. <laughs> Get out of the bed. You ain't going to pray well in the bed. Sometimes you got to read out loud or pray out loud. 
Sometimes you need to get up and walk if you're using, do whatever you need to do to get rid of the obstacle of discipline. Amen. Here's another obstacle. Are you ready? Spiritual dryness. Spiritual dryness. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're just not getting anything out of your prayer time. Anybody who prays, can you, can you say amen to that? It's okay to raise your hand. Have you ever prayed and not felt like you did anything good or accomplished anything at all? Amen. <laughs> amen. It's the truth. It's the battle of the blahs. Hear me. Never judge your prayer time by your feelings. Pray anyway. Possible causes for spiritual dryness, maybe, number one, maybe it's your physical condition. I already said it. Maybe you're not getting enough rest. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you don't feel well. Shakespeare said this, it's hard to be a philosopher and have a toothache at the same time. Amen. It's hard to be a prayer warrior if you're sick or if you're weary or if you're not feeling good. Amen. Or if you're exhausted. Here's another possible cause of spiritual dryness, disobedience to God. Maybe there's a wall there because there's sin in your life. You're, you're shuffling all around it, you know, you're, you're working your way around it, you're trying not to acknowledge it, you're pretending like it's not there. Maybe that's the problem. You need to deal with that so you can open up the heavens in your life. So maybe there's an issue of disobedience to God. And then the third thing, the third obstacle is just getting in a rut, doing the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes you got to break things up. If you always sit, Get up and walk. If you always walk, sit down. Turn the music on, turn the music off. Change it up sometimes if you fall in a rut in your prayer life. And then the third obstacle, and this is probably one of the most prominent, is the obstacle of inconsistency. Amen. I believe that, and I can't speak for you, but I think for me the greatest problem is being consistent with that prayer time and being consistent, and not letting other things stand in the way. Satan will fight you harder on this than anything else because he knows that a consistent time with God is where the power is. Amen? So how do you become consistent? Why don't you pledge to yourself that you're going to spend at least 10 or 15 minutes a day with the Lord? Now some of you super saints are going, ah, 15 minutes, that's nothing. Well, 15 minutes a day every day? That might be something for somebody, amen? Don't, don't diminish that. 10 or 15 minutes a day. I told you last week, it's better to eat 15 minutes a day than to gorge for two hours one day a week. You're better off to pray 15 minutes every day of the week than to come to church and have a two-hour worship experience, and that's all the communication you have with God, amen? Here's something else that can help you be consistent. Put it on your calendar. Some of you use daytimers. Some of you have phones with reminders. You know what I've done? You might say, man, that sounds legalistic. Not to me. You know what I've done? I have scheduled prayer for every day of the week. It is on my calendar. It is on my app. It pops up. It reminds me. Guess what? I already know I need to pray, but sometimes I need a reminder. Don't do this. You still haven't done this. <laughs> Don't get involved with this. Don't get involved with God's work when you haven't talked to Him yet. So put it on your calendar maybe. Put it on your to-do list. What if you miss a day? Here's three things I want to give you. Don't get on a guilt trip, number one. Number two, don't be legalistic about it. Because a lot of times if you miss a few days, you just say, ah, what's the use? And then number three, don't give up. Get up and go at it again. Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 
So how do you develop a faithful prayer life? Here again, some practical steps. Number one, have a specific time for prayer. Everybody say a time. What's the best time for you to have with God? It's real simple, when you're at your best. Well, what about this? No, no, when you are at your best. You know your schedule. You know your rhythm. You know your mindset. When you are most available, when you are the least distracted, give God the best part of your day. And I don't think we should try to serve God our leftovers. Select a time that you're most alert and give that time to God. Now, for most of us, that time is when we first get up in the morning, after we've woke up, uh, before we get started on our day. Now, let me just give you a couple reasons why you might want to consider your time being in the morning. First of all, there's a lot of examples from the Bible where men and women rose early to meet God. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Hannah, Job, Hezekiah, David, Daniel, just to name a few. It's also a good logical way to begin your day. Hudson Taylor said this, the best time to tune up your instrument is before you play the concert, not afterwards. So, you know, maybe the best time to tune up your man spiritually is before you get the day started. You know what else it does? It also demonstrates that meeting with God is your first priority. You say, God, here's the day. I want to give you the first part of my day. You're first in my life. So whatever time you set, though, try to be consistent because it will help you make it a habit. I've already mentioned, you say, well, how long should that be? If you're not doing it at all, start with 10 minutes. Start with 15 minutes. I believe, and this is, I believe anybody can pray for 10 to 15 minutes a day. I'm going to just throw it out there. That's not a very high hurdle. I believe anybody can pray for 10 to 15 minutes a day, amen? I, you can scroll through Facebook and, and 30 minutes can go by. 10 minutes with God, 15 minutes with God is not an unreasonable goal to set. Here's another, don't watch the clock though. Your goal is 15 minutes, don't put yourself on a timer. Because there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that takes out the relational element of something that feeling like you're on the clock. Go. Oh, Lord, how, five minutes. Oh, <laughs> what am I going to do now for ten more minutes? No, no, no. Don't put yourself on the clock. All right, have a specific time. Number two, you might want to consider having a specific place. Mark 135 says this. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. By the way, there's in that one verse, there's time and place. Did you notice that? In the morning, he went to a solitary place. What's a solitary place? It's a place where you can be alone with God. It might be your lounge chair. It might be your favorite lazy boy. It might be in your car on the way to work. It might be before the kids get up at the kitchen table. Find a solitary place. Amen, a specific place. Number three, if you want to develop a prayer life, have a specific routine for prayer. Everybody say routine. Now, I'm not talking about falling in a rut, but have a routine. Have your Bible there. Read your Bible in a translation that you can understand. And now that you're my age, read one that have words big enough to see. Amen. Or don't be in denial. Put your glasses on. Amen. I can't see this. Yeah, it's because you're 53 years old. Put your glasses on. Amen. Have a routine. Maybe you want to have a notebook and a pen. Or, or maybe for me, I'm, I don't write stuff down. But you know what? I always have my phone. I have an app, a task app. Because and now your personality may not be like this, but maybe you're the kind of personality that when you're trying to pray, you immediately start thinking about all the stuff you got to do that day. 
Is it just anybody else so I don't feel like the scum of the earth? Anybody else feel that way? So you know what my solution has been? I take out my to-do list, call Eddie Colley about life group, boom, done. Now I don't have to think about it. I get right back to praying. If another pot, uh, thought pops in my head, I write it down, put it on my app, keep on going. Because if I don't, I can't even think about what I'm trying to say to the Lord because I'm so worried about forgetting something. You do what works for you. Have a routine. Try to ignore all the non-critical calls or texts on your phone. You do not have to respond to every call and every text if they're invading your personal time. Amen. You might want to play worship music in the background. It, it drowns out. I'm a white noise person. I sleep with a noise machine. I call it a noise machine. I'm sure there's a more technical uh, description of it. I sleep with a little machine that makes a fan sound. I've been listening to, to noise. I can't sleep in silence. Anybody else like that? Yeah, and you know what? I can't pray in silence either. I hear the no joke. I hear the faucets dripping. I hear clocks ticking. I hear floors creaking. I hear birds outside in the trees. I'm not kidding. I don't know if it's the devil or if I've just got amazing ears. So I got to turn on music or something to drown out the noise. But you find out what have a routine. And find out what works for you. Amen. I'll never forget. I've told this story many times. And I don't know why it struck such a chord with me. But when we first started pastoring, we had an evangelist. uh, My pastor, Bill Douglas, who's preached here many, many times. He came and preached for us. And back in those days, we couldn't even afford to put the evangelist in a hotel room or take him out to eat. So he came and stayed with us. And I'll never forget one morning, I walked downstairs. I had a little tri-level, and we had just finished the downstairs. And I walked down. Brother Douglas was staying in a room down there. And I walked in. I didn't know he was up. And I walked in, and he was sitting in a big lazy boy with a cup of coffee in his hand, with his head held back, and he was just praying. And I had never seen anybody pray like that. I had always been told, get on your knees, you know, do whatever. And I saw him. And he looked so comfortable. (laughs) I thought, surely you can't be that comfortable while you're praying. Coffee in hand. So I actually asked him about it. I said, Brother Douglas, I noticed you seem so comfortable when you. He said, yeah, I'm talking to the Lord. He said, man, I need my coffee. I need my chair. And it changed my life. (laughs) It changed my life. (laughs) Amen. So guess where I pray? I pray on the third floor of my house. And a brown lazy boy with my Dallas Cowboy water cup, my hot coffee cup, my Bible, and my phone app right next to me. That's my plan. Some days, that doesn't always happen, right? Some days you're rushing out the door because you, you, you didn't win the battle of the sheets. <laughs> you know, and then you're giving God your leftovers. Amen. How many of you know leftovers is better than nothing? All right now. But get you... A routine. Number four, I'm doing pretty good on time. Number four, you need to have the right approach in prayer. Have the right approach in prayer. What do I mean? The right attitude. The right attitude. Number one, you need to be humble in prayer. Matthew 6 and 5 says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. You know, we understand the Pharisees, how they prayed to impress people. But you know what? I want to take this a step further. Don't pray to impress God. 
You don't need to try to impress God. God already knows you really well. (laughs) He already knows your strengths, your weaknesses. Just be humble when you approach the Lord. You don't have to impress Him. Don't pray, like I said last week, I talked about this. Don't pray what you think God wants to hear. Pray what you need to say to God. Be real. Be authentic. Remember, He already knows your heart. So just be humble. Amen. Don't forget, He is the creator and you're the creation. Secondly, here's another element of the right approach. Be relaxed. already talked about that. But Matthew 6 and 6, when you pray... Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private, then your father who sees everything will reward you. I think I've covered this point well enough. Number three, be revealing. Be revealing. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. When you pray, don't babble on and on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So when you talk to the Lord, just talk to Him. That's what prayer is. It's a conversation between two people that love each other. Be revealing, be authentic with the Lord about your needs and your feelings. Now, what I want to do to finish out our message today and our service, I want us to take a look at the Lord's Prayer as a model. Now, I could do a whole series just on the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to try to just take the next 10 to 15 minutes, and I want to share with you, and it is just one of many models, right? And you don't have to follow this in your prayer time. But here's what's significant about the Lord's Prayer. It is the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) This was the one that when they said, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray, this is the one that Jesus said is a good model to follow. So are you ready? If you have your Bibles... Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Your Bible on your phone, your Bible on your your paper Bible. How many paper Bibles saved people do we have in the house today? Amen. (laughs) There's a few of you here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Let me read it to you, then we're going to break it down, and then we're actually going to pray it together. Matthew 6, 9 through 13 says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Go back to that verse, verse 9. I, I, I wanted us to read it together, and I didn't mention that. Can you read it with me? Now, this is in the New King James. You may have memorized it in the King James. That's okay. You can just quote it along with us. But let's read it together. Would you, would you follow me? In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, using this as a model, you can begin, number one, you begin your time of prayer with praise. Everybody say praise. That's where I express my love to God. Matthew 6 and 9, in this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, 
Hallowed be your name. Psalm 100 and verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. When you come to prayer, I want to encourage you to begin by expressing your love to God. Give him praise. Start by saying, Lord, I love you. I want to focus on you. Come to God with prayer and come to him with an attitude of worship and praise to him. There's two kinds of praise. There's adoration, which is praising God for who he is. And there's thanksgiving, which is praising God for what he has done. You ought to be able to praise God for both of those things in your life. Amen? So you do that. You praise God for who he is and praise God for what he has done. You might even want to make a list of all the things you're thankful for. So you can remember to thank God for those when you pray. Is it easy to forget about the goodness of God? Absolutely. But day by day, because uh, we, we forget what he did for us yesterday. But be grateful and come to him in praise. The second part of the Lord's Prayer that we can focus on comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is purpose. Pray God's purpose. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is when we commit ourselves to God's will for our life. It is so important that we acknowledge that God is God and we are not God. Amen? At this time in prayer, you want to pray for God's will. Pray for God's purpose. Pray for God's will to be done in your life, in your church, in your job. Pray for God's will to be done with your friends, with your nation. God, more than what I want, I want what you want. Amen. Here's what Romans 12 and 2 says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know, look, God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many of you know that sometimes God's will for us is not the will that we have for ourselves? Amen? Just recently, Robin and I were praying about something that we wanted to see happen in our life, but at the end of that prayer, we prayed, we said, God, at the end of the day, your will be done. You know what we want. We were very clear to God about what we wanted, but we trust you either way. You know what happened? God closed the door and God said no. Now, was I disappointed? Yep, I sure was. But you know what I did? I very quickly said, I was disappointed, no joke, for about two minutes. I was disappointed. Then I said, thank you, Lord, for looking out for us in ways that we don't understand. We asked you to close the door if this was not what you wanted for us. And you closed the door, so thank you, God. And then we went right on about our way. That's praying God's purpose in your life. And can I just throw this, this has nothing to do with prayer. Did you know if you pray God's purpose in your life, if you learn how to do that, you won't be so cotton-picking mad when things don't go your way? Did you know praying God's will is one way to unlock joy in your life? Because every time things don't work out the way you want them to, it doesn't knock you flat on your face. You realize that the steps of a good man or a woman, they really are ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord. You know what? I just feel to tell somebody right now. You're mad at God because he said no. He saved you from something. He saved you from something. 
So you need to go home and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry I got mad at you for saying no. Thank you for something that I didn't know was going to happen that you protected me from. Amen. Pray God's purpose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I love that verse because you know what it says? God causes everything to work together. Doesn't mean it's nice, flowery, rosy, smells good, looks good, feels good. No, he says it's all eventually going to work together. Kind of like the pieces of a puzzle all coming together and you step back and you go, ah, now it makes sense. So pray for God's purpose. Number three, pray for God's provision. Ask God to provide for your needs. That's okay. Matthew 6, 11, give us this day. Our daily bread. What needs do you have that you should pray about? You want to know which ones? Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Even the ones you think are silly. Even the ones you think are trite. There is nothing too great for God's power. And there is nothing too insignificant for His concern. Amen. So all of my needs I'm to pray about them. Give us our daily bread. In other words, meet my needs and here they are, Lord. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let those requests be made known to God. Be specific. You know what, sometimes, you know, men joke about this. Men have ESPN, we don't have ESP. And a lot of times women just assume a man knows what she wants in a marriage, right? No, you need to spell it out. You need to, you need to send an airplane in the sky, spray painting words. Because sometimes, nope, we are that dumb, ladies. You just need to tell us straight up. Look us in the eye. You know what? Sometimes God wants us to be very specific with Him. Why? Well, doesn't God already know what we need? Yes. He knows what you need, but he also wants you to declare your dependence on him. He wants you to acknowledge that he is your provider and your strength. So when I come to God and I ask him, I'm saying, God, I'm totally dependent on you. Give him praise, number one. Number two, pray for his purpose. Number three, ask him to provide. Number four is pardon. Ask God to forgive your sins. Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our sins debts. Forgive us our debts. Here's four steps, real quickly I'm going to share them with you, to asking for the Lord for forgiveness. This will make a good sermon all by itself. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal every sin. Sometimes we don't recognize areas in our life that are sinful. David said in Psalm 139, examine me, O God, know my mind, test me, discover my thoughts. Find out if there is any evil in me. So come to God with an honest heart. Ask Him to reveal sin to you. Number two, confess each sin specifically. Confess each sin specifically. You know, sometimes we like to just get away with, God, forgive me of all my sins. You already know what they are. (laughs) To the best of your ability, ask God to forgive the specific sins that you remember. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Number three, to get forgiveness, make restitution to others when you can. 
Matthew 5, 23 and 24. When you remember your brother has something against you, go at once to make peace with him. Then come back and offer your gift to God. If God reveals something to you and it's within your ability to make restitution, to get it off your conscience or to make it right with somebody else, you should do that. Amen? You can't always do that, but you should do that when you can. And then number four, key to getting forgiveness is by faith you then accept God's forgiveness. i, I, I got to drive this point home. Because some of us, and this isn't a message on forgiveness, but hear me. Some of us, we keep beating ourselves up over and over and over and over again. It happened a year ago. It happened two years ago. It happened five years ago. It happened ten years ago. If you have prayed and sincerely asked God to forgive you, you need to accept God's forgiveness, and you need to walk in victory. Amen. Who cares if other people haven't forgiven you? Who cares if other, if all your haters want to keep reminding you of it? You block it out and you walk in victory. Accept the work that Jesus did on the cross. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's the next element of the Lord's Prayer. Number 5 is people. Pray for other people. Matthew 6, 12. As we forgive our debtors. An important part of prayer is praying for other people. 1 Timothy 2 and 1 from the Living Bible says this. Pray much for others. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give thanks for all He is doing, going to do for them. Amen. We ought to be praying for other people as well. Number six, I'm trying to hurry, is you need to pray for protection. We need to ask for spiritual protection. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13 says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We as believers, we face spiritual battles every day, and Satan wants to defeat us through temptation and fear. You need to start off every day and pray for God's protection. I remember when my girls used to go to school, Robin always did this. I didn't do this. Thank God for a good praying mom and a great Christian mother. But she would, put, she would pray with them, and they would put on the whole armor of God. They would do it in the car on the way to school. Sometimes she would pick up Jordan. Jordan, you remember that? She would pick up Jordan. Where's Noah? She would, Noah, they would pick the kids up, take them to school, and they would pray and put on the whole armor of God. Was it probably silly to them sometimes? Yeah, but who knows? They pray for protection. Let me digress. We need to pray for protection tomorrow. Now, I'm not going to get political, but we've got a real big event happening at our state capitol tomorrow. I was contacted by somebody uh, in the law enforcement and, and, uh, and protective services last night, and there are some very credible threats from groups, Antifa and some other groups, that there could be violence tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of people there, even though there's a weapons ban, there's going to be people there with guns. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I am telling you, we better pray for God's protection on our city and at the state capitol and for all the tens of thousands of people that are going to be there tomorrow. You need to pray for that. Because I ain't going to lie to you, I'm a little bit worried. And we need to pray for God's protection on the Commonwealth of Virginia tomorrow. We need to pray. You need to make that a matter of prayer tonight and tomorrow. Ask for God to, and if you're going down there, you definitely better pray and have your eyes wide open. <laughs> have your eyes wide open. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them 
because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And then the way we end it, I want the praise team, you musicians, to come on up. You end it the same way you started, with praise. You end it with praise. Wrap it up with praise. Now, let me just quickly mention, I'm not even going to go into this. This isn't in the notes. I didn't, I didn't give this to the media team. Here's a little model that I like to follow. It's a little bit simpler. I use the word Acts. We are the people of the book of Acts, right? I like to pray, and I use the model of the book from the book from the word Acts. It's an acronym. If you have a pen, you might want to write this down. A stands for adoration. You know what that is? Praise. You same way, start out with praise. C stands for confession. That's when I shift from praise and worship to confessing and repenting of my sins and asking the Lord to forgive me. T stands for thanksgiving. I thank God for all of His goodness in my life and the life of the people that I love. Amen. And then S is supplication. That's where I pray for my needs and the needs of the church, for the needs of my family and the needs of the people I love. Very simple formula for prayer. Sometimes when I get sidetracked, I go back to that. A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. That's just an old English word for request. Now, this altar call is going to be very different today. Matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever done this in 25 years of pastoring. We're on week three of 40 days of prayer. And I really want this prayer thing to get down in our hearts. So I just, I just walked you through a lot of information, a ton of information. And one way to prayer, to pray, and that's by following the Lord's Prayer as a model. So here's what I want to do. I want to close our service today. And I'd like you all to, if you're able to stand, I'd like you to stand with me. I'm going to close this service today by leading you in prayer. Following the Lord's Prayer as a guide. My wife tells me this all the time. My wife tells me this all the time. She said, because I always just like to show stuff. She says, you need to let me do it. And I can learn it a lot better. Or for something on the computer, I'm like, here, do this. And I'm clicking, I'm clicking, I'm clicking. She goes, no, 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 let me do it. And I can learn it better. So you know what? I was thinking about this a couple days ago. I said, you know what, God? I don't want to just tell everybody how to do it. You know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to do it together. While we're praying, lose that click track, if you will, while we're praying. We're going to do it together. I'm just going to walk you through these seven points. And we're going to pray together. Is that all right? Now, I'm not going to keep you here long. Maybe about one minute on each point. And I'm hoping that by doing it, maybe you'll have a little model that you can go home and you can put into practice. Is that all right? So we're going to do this together. I'm going to lead you, but I want you not just just to listen to me, but as you feel comfortable, raise your hands and you do it. So first of all, Matthew 6 and verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's begin by just giving praise to God. Can we do that? Father, I love you. I thank you today. Lord, you are so good. I magnify you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. There is no one like you, God. I want to begin my time of prayer today, God, by letting you know how awesome you are. God, I'm so thankful for 
your blessings in my life. God, I just give you praise right now. You are so good, Lord. I praise you for who you are, and I thank you for all you've done. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for the food that's on my table, for the clothes on my back, for the gas in my car, God. I thank you. God, I thank you for the roof over my head. I just give you praise, God. You really are Jehovah Jireh. I honor you and I praise you today, Lord. I thank you, God, for your blessings. And I give you glory, honor, and praise. I give you glory, honor, and praise. You can see, you can spend a lot of time just on that point, can't you? Secondly, we're going to shift. We're going to, secondly, we're going to shift to purpose. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where we're going to pray and start asking God for His will in your life. Amen? Why don't you do that? Father, right now, God, I ask you to pray, Lord. God, I ask you to put in my life, God, what you want in my life. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Lord, sometimes the things that I want, God, they're, they're selfish or or maybe they're even a little ungodly, or maybe they're, they're prideful, God. Forgive me, God, when I ask for things that don't bring you glory. God, I want to pursue your will in my life. I don't want to just go to work and, and punch a clock, but God, I want to do your will. Send me, God, to the right people. God, put the right people in my path for me to talk to and witness to and share the gospel with. God, help me to find the right ministry to serve in. God, help me to be effective at my church and use my gifts. Show me your will, God. Not just what I want to do, but God, what do you want me to do, God? God, what do you want me to accomplish this week, Lord? What what do you want me to, to do? God, who do you want me to talk to, God? What do you want me to say? God, I ask you for your will to be done in my church, God. God, we don't want to just be a a church that follows our own agenda, God. We want to be a soul-saving station. Your will be done in our church, God. Your will be done in our lives, God. God, I want your will to be done in my children, God. Your kingdom come. Let them seek your face first, God. Your will be done. God, I want your will to be done. I want your will to be done. Number three comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. This is where we simply ask God to provide for our needs. We can do that. That's probably the easiest one of all. So go ahead. Let's just begin to ask Him, Lord, right now. I'm going to mute my microphone so I can pray. You pray too. I ask you, God, right now, meet the needs in this congregation, God, those that need a raise on their job, God, give them more resources. God, those that need their relationships to be restored, God, heal their relationships, God. Lord, those that that, that need a touch from you, God, whatever it is, God, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. For some of us, Lord, it's literally our bread, God. They need bill money. They need food money, God. They need you to touch their family, God, or heal their marriage or, or save their children, God. We're not afraid to ask you, God. God, we ask you for a car if we need a car. God, we ask you, God, for money if we need money. God, we ask you, God, for more friends if we're lonely. God, we ask you, God, to to give us favor at work, Lord. God, touch and, and redeem. Do whatever you need to do, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. God, meet our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. The next prayer point is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. And forgive us our debts. 
God, I want to ask you right now to forgive me of my sin. Let's pray that. Father, forgive me when I get angry. God, forgive me when I'm carnal. God, forgive me when I let the lust of the flesh rise up. God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, when I get a bad attitude. God, forgive me of blatant sins that we may commit, Lord. Forgive us, God, of our offenses against others. Forgive us when we're, when we're, when we treat other people poorly, God. Forgive me, Lord, of times when I'm, I'm haughty or I'm proud or I'm arrogant, God. God, forgive me when I, when I don't reflect the love of God to people, Lord. Forgive me when I don't act like a Christian. God, forgive me for the times where I don't treat my wife the way I should treat her. God, forgive me when I don't cherish her the way you cherish and love the church. God, forgive me when I've been short with my children. God, forgive me when when I've been rude to the people that I work with. God, help me, Jesus. God, I just lay it out there. God, I ask you, Lord, to search my heart, God. See if there be any wicked thing in me, Lord. God, I lay my heart out transparent, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And I thank you that your grace is new each and every morning. And then we can shift to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12 as we forgive our debtors, or in other words, as we pray for other people. Let's begin to pray for others right now. God, I pray, Lord, first of all, for my wife, Robin. God, I want you to anoint her. I want you to bless her. I want you to give her the desires of her heart, God. God, I want you to make this the greatest year of her life. Lord, I pray for Lauren and Lindsay. God, that they would seek your face continually, Lord. I pray for my daughters that they would be women of God. Lord, that they would be raised up to be mighty warriors in the kingdom, Lord. I pray for them, Lord. I pray that you would bless them financially, spiritually. God, I pray that you would order their steps. I pray that you would bless their marriages and their husbands, God. I pray for Xavier, Lord, that you would make him a great man of God, that you would help them be a good dad to Mason and a good husband to Lindsay, God. I pray for Quintel. He's like one of my sons, God. I pray that you would bless this young man. Order his steps. Help him to make right choices, God. Help him to not stray from you, Lord. Help them to stay focused on your will. God, I pray for the people I work with. I pray for you to bless Rodney and Davina. God, you have blessed me to have them in my life. You've blessed this church. God, bless them financially. Bless them with good health and prosperity. Give them the desires of their heart. God, I pray for the people of this church, God. The people that you have blessed me to pastor, God. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Order their steps. God, let there be a spiritual revival breakout. Let financial prosperity be poured out on their lives. Give them the desires of their heart, God. You can pray for people for a long, long time. Pray for the people that God puts in your life. Number six, pray for protection. Matthew 6, 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, I pray today, God. I pray tomorrow, God. I pray for protection. Deliver the people of this city from any evil people that might have an agenda tomorrow to bring someone harm. I pray, God, that political forces would not bring harm to innocent people tomorrow, God. I pray that the the tactics of the enemy, God, would be foiled tomorrow, God. I pray that this week, God, that you would help me lead me not into temptation. Help me, God, not to go the error, to follow the error of my own way, my own thoughts, God. God, I pray for protection over my family. I pray for protection over my church. I pray for protection over the people in this building. God, that you would bless us and order our steps. And then finally, we're going to end this time of prayer 
with praise. And I want you to just lift your hands and why don't we lift our voices and let's just bless the name of the Lord together. Amen. Let's give Him praise. Yes, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. That's it. Let's give Him praise. Amen for real. That's it. Let's give Him praise in this house. Hallelujah. Victory for the battle belongs. 